Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, world. What separated your deep ball from everybody else? My deep ball, it has a little secret sauce to it, man. <laughs> I never get too high, never get too low, but just keep moving. The, the whole story is Carlos never beat me in any kind of sports in, in, in high school. Welcome to the Orange is the New Black podcast. I'm your host, Ace Boogie, joined by my co-host, Zim. Zim, say what's up. I'm here. I'm Zim. I'm Barry Moore today because I, I, I feel like in the spirit of Barry's and Joe's and all these other great things, orange and black. We got a football guru extraordinaire, Joe Goodberry, on with us live for lunchtime for a nice little afternoon snack. How you doing this afternoon today, Joe? I'm doing perfect, as expected, right? The Bengals are in the Super Bowl. So, I mean, how could we be anything but perfect? Facts. I, big, I, I can't complain. No, nah, I can't complain at all. Definitely not. Uh, so, Joe, I'm glad that we we're able to bring you back on. The last time we had you on as a surprise guest for the Civil War, the right. one thing I've never gotten to ask you, and I always wanted to ask you, and I usually ask everyone when they come on the show, is how did you become a Bengals fan? You know, I really don't have a good story for it. I think the, I fell in love with the helmets as a as a real young kid. I mean, I was born in '87, so I. It's it's kind of funny. I don't I don't know if you guys ever have this, but like if you can't remember if it's a memory you actually have, a unique memory, or something you saw on TV later. Like I used to watch a lot of NFL films, and I remember my first vision of football is the Bengals running out uh, at Joe Robbie Stadium for the Super Bowl, and like I definitely probably didn't see that when I was two. If I did, there's no way I remembered it, but I probably saw it when I was like five or six watching the Super Bowls leading up to the probably the Bills taking on one of their four Super Bowls that you know because I lived in that area. So I just saw the helmets and that was it. And I just I just stuck with it. Nah, that's dope. I mean, honestly, a lot of people feel like the Bengals have like the best helmet in the NFL. So that makes perfect sense. Uh, you you know, like I think in my top three uniforms, this is I don't know how like I, I could tell we're just gonna veer off of it. My top three uniforms, <laughs> funny, funny that we're playing the Rams. I think Rams is there. And then my other one, I like the Chargers, I like their powder blue. Is there a top three? Uh, you know, I know you post about uniforms and combinations all the time. Yeah. Like, it, what are like? Give me your top three combinations. I I used to like the Rams before they changed. Like, I like greatest show on turf. The the following year, like Marshall Falk on the cover of Madden and the gold and the blue and the white. And I remember that was just so nice at that time. And I remember the Titans having uh, nice uniforms at that time with the powder blue too. But uh, currently, I, when the Bucks went back to their uniforms last year. 
and they end up getting to the Super Bowl, right? You change your uniforms, go to the Super Bowl. That's how it goes. And the, like the Bucks, to me, I think the the pewter is so unique with that with that dark like red and the orange that goes piping through the numbers. I just think they look classic and look great. Um, now it's classic, right? At the time, they were pretty back in two thousand two, and that when they went to Super Bowl, those were pretty new at that time. Um, other than that, I do tend to like the more outlandish stuff, or when or when teams um, incorporate just not like a GB on the side or the KC on the side, right? I don't want just a logo. I like when you do the whole helmet, and for me, that's why why I like the Rams, but also the Eagles. I think the Eagles got a classic getup. The colors are unique, plus the 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 you know the wings going from the front to the back like that is just awesome. Yeah, that's fire. I'm not gonna lie, yeah. I have to agree with some of those. I think for for me, just to join in, uh, I would probably say the older Chargers. I'm probably like the Ladanian Tomlinson days. Like I loved like those powder blue jerseys yeah. from then. Uh, obviously, like the Bengals. Um, the Eagles is a good one too. And then I'd probably say there's one more that I was thinking of. The Rams the is pretty fired. No, Joe said it too. The Titans, the Titans with the Eddie George days. Yeah, those those jerseys were pretty fire. The white helmets instead of the blue for the Titans. Yeah, facts. No, I thought you. Were, I thought you were going to say the Washington Commanders. <laughs> nah. nah, I'm gonna tell you, like I'm I'm around here and I, people do not like that. I mean, that's how it is, though, right? Like when the Bengals uniforms came out first, like was it? What was your first reaction? I know mine. Was pretty positive. I think Aces was pretty positive as well. As well, I don't. I don't remember what your instant reaction was. I know, like the photos before, I was yeah. trying to be positive in it because I was like, it's not presented correctly. Yeah. See, I seen them way before that, and I had um, description of them like during the process. Uh, so, like, I I painted it in my mind pretty close to what it was. And when I was getting descriptions of, oh, it's gonna look like this, gonna have this, gonna have that, no numbers on the, on the, on the shoulders, gonna have three stripes on the shoulders. I, and I was doing mock-ups all the time on Twitter and putting them up there. And I was getting closer each time. Every time I put a mock-up up, people were like, all right, enough. But I was doing it because that's how, that's when you get someone who knows, say, all right, you're close, but the number here is different. Or the, it doesn't say Cincinnati here, it says Bengals here. I mean, so I would do it each time and refine it every time. So when it got leaked on that eBay thing, I was like, yeah, that's it. Those are them right there. And uh, right. Uh, I liked them. I knew they'd look better on players. Like, that's what everyone said. Like, oh, let's see, it's on a hanger. We, yeah. You know, we didn't want to show it like this. It, they look all saturated and red. They don't look right. And so I, I knew they'd look so much better when they came on. I, I dig them. I, 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 only thing I don't like, though, if, if we can be honest, there's two things I don't like about current Bengals. The right. B. Right. Here's a funny thing. Right. You talk about the commanders. Right. Nobody likes it right now. But if they go and win something, well, now people are going to love it. The B, the Bengals got the B everywhere on all their Super Bowl stuff right now. If they win something, the B is classic. You can't throw away the B now if, if they win with it. And number two, the pants that they're currently wearing for the Super Bowl, the, the white with the orange with just the black piping on it doesn't make sense to me. Right. It, it doesn't go with their whole aesthetic. Like if that was just orange and black stripes on the side, like they always did classic, that would make sense to me. But now if they win with it, they ain't going nowhere. Facts, that's facts. true i guess um you know because I, and i brought that up too because i don't know if you saw this like a lot of people that didn't understand how the jerseys were revealed you so you know last week or it might have been a couple of days i feel like time is like moving really funny right now but do you remember when like they were unveiling the super bowl jerseys and then they put it on a hanger yeah. and so all these other outside like people were like I was, on, I was on <laughs> yeah, youtube one day and they were like look at the Bengals. they're still are broke they still don't pay anybody, and, and they don't have enough money for a proper presentation. I was like, bro, these narratives are killing me. And so right. then I, there was a guy, too. I just saw somebody, um, 
my guy Tyler, who does a lot of good stuff on um uh, on TikTok, he actually did like a whole video explaining it to like all these other fans, and they were like, "Oh, okay, okay." But mo- let, let's let's take a step further. Um, going into this game, right? Biggest game of our lives. Uniforms, no uniforms. Who cares? Whatever. We're talking. Let's just start like scheme wise or whatever you think that people maybe aren't paying attention to right now that maybe they should from the Bengals side. And maybe you could give me something from the Rams side. Yeah. And that's why when you had those spaces the other day, I had to jump in and and speak on it because I I think the big picture here isn't just that national media don't know who the Bengals are. Even analysts like are just finding out this week, you know, guys, I, I really respect and read usually are just now doing their deep dive and who the Bengals are this week. And as you should, it's the Super Bowl, but you can tell they haven't done it this year. They haven't watched them. And it's, you, you know, you'd be like, the national people are supposed to do that. It's their job. But really, they're they're supposed to watch 32 teams. They get That's why we love our local guys. That's why we like the guys who, who focus on this stuff, the guys like you, because they are more in-depth. They know the ins and outs of the team. That's why we like that. But it's kind of funny because, you know, as, as the national people go, the casual fan goes, or the people from outside that are now – watching your shows or, or following you. Like, I, I don't know, you guys are probably getting a lot of hits now than more than normal. It seems like this last month's been going crazy. These people don't understand the in-depth of it all. So they're getting their takes from the national narrative. And I think having one uh, primetime game against the Jags did a lot for that and why they don't know who the Bengals are. But I also think they don't know who the Bengals are because the Bengals are whatever they need to be on that day to win the game. Like, if they need to be a 3-4 defense, guess what they'll do? They'll come out that 3-4. They need to be a 4-3 or a 4-down and, and, and just rush four, four straight guys. They'll do that. They need to be good in the nickel. They'll do it. They need to go out there with a dime defense and let Flowers take a tight end. They'll do it. They need to, you know, uh, be a, a heavy blitz team or a zone team or a man team. They will do it, and they will switch on the fly. And it's gotten them out of a lot of games they probably should have lost this year. At least they dug themselves in a hole in the first quarter, first half. And then they switch it up. And that's the same is true for the offensive side. If they need to run the ball, like, if, would you be surprised if Mixon went off for 150 with 30 touches and two TDs in this game? Because that's where the Rams are kind of weak against the run. And that's how you neutralize that pass rush. If he did that, I'd be like, yeah, that's no surprise because they've done that a handful of times this year. And if they and if that don't work and they need to throw the ball and they need Burrow to lead this team with 350 and, and three touchdowns, I wouldn't be surprised with that either. And I think that's – Part of the reason why so many that are just now looking at the team don't know who they are and like their analysis is so like watered down and and very, uh, you know, uh, cut off the top. It's just because I don't think it's it's easy to get a a grip of this team. I think there's even uh, fans that have watched this team all year that still struggle with it because the Bengals will be whatever you need them to be. Facts. Facts. That's big facts. Uh, One thing I wanted to ask you, Joe, is obviously you have a, a great talent for breaking down. Uh, team schemes if you had to game plan against obj and cooper cup what would your strategy be against the Bengals defending them it's tough i mean the reason cup is the triple crown winner i mean it, it it's not because he's the fastest or the biggest or most athletic he ain't jumping over guys he's he's good at every single thing without being a crazy athlete and that's not to take anything away from him i'm like agility and acceleration wise he's up there with anybody but he still gets deep on the on, uh, on defensive backs. He still gets past them. You wonder why. And it's it's yes, it's the route running. He's probably one of the best, if not the best, route runners in the league. It's yeah, he has great hands, but they also scheme him open constantly. Like they are, how do we get the ball to cut ten times this game? Because that's how we're going to have success on offense. 
And it makes sense. I mean, I, if the Bengals are doing the same with Jamar Chase, we feel pretty good about that. So how do you take that away? It is extremely tough because they're going to find they're, – they're already anticipating what moves the Bengals are going to do or any team, and they're going to try and figure out how to get cup open and get the ball. You need to limit it on key downs in the red zone, on third downs, and on – and on situations where you are pulling out your card, you can't, you don't just sit there. Lou Aaron was just not going to sit there and take it. He's going to say, all right, on this third down, we're going to bring double coverage from a different spot. We're going to jam him and then bring the safety down in a robber position. Uh, we're going to let Mike Hilton man him, or we're going to let, we're going to do zone and we're going to bracket him. They're going to do different things. And they're going to try and hope that their rock beats scissors on the right down. Right. And, and that's kind of how it goes. So the, it's hard to say what you would game plan for that, but with OBJ, it's a little bit different. Like right now he's their, outside receiver and that's all they really got they the rams play with like three slot guys usually when they when it was robert woods van jefferson and, and um cooper cup they're all bunching them in they're all tight to the formation they're all getting free releases that's also the thing that's really gonna you know drive you a little bit crazy it's like go up and jam the guy the rams really are not gonna let you do that they're gonna get themselves in advantageous situations but obj is the real lone guy that they'll put out there at the x and say all right go win a route one-on-one and I think that's easier to game plan for. That's easier to say, okay, should Obi Wuze if you want to follow him, or even if it ends up being Apple over there, that's fine because I don't think they're too concerned. OBJ is still a good player, but he's not what he was five years ago. Like he was uncoverable at times with the Giants, right? He's still good, but if he beats you, that's okay. I don't want Cup to end up beating you. If, if Cup goes for 12 for 180 and a touchdown and you lose that game, you're going to go, damn. We couldn't do more. Why couldn't we do more to stop their best player? So I think more it's, all right, I'm going to try and man up OBJ and do our best over there, and I'm going to focus my attention on Cooper Cup. And it's funny because uh, I was thinking, like, Tyler Higby being out. The Bengals, you know, have, have routinely struggled with the tight end. This is like the mm -hmm. first offense they played in a long time where you don't have to worry about the tight end. And I know they got decent backups, and the guy who stepped in for Higby was all right the other day. Uh, but – right, yes, but – you ain't worried about him. You know what I mean? If he beats you and, and, and has a career day, well, I guess that's what is what it is, right? You, you'll take your lumps there. So you can focus that that bracket stuff that they're normally doing against tight ends into the slot with uh, Cooper Cup. And see, that's what my whole focus the whole, like, all week. I think a lot of people or Rams fans, I'm going to just say in particular, they kind of took what I was saying. And, and I, my, my message all week has been, like, Cooper Cup is going to get his because – we understand and we respect like how how you guys run your rub routes, how it's going to look at the front on the formation, how the defense is going to get sucked in on the play action, how they scheme them open. And when you watch Cooper Cup in any of his biggest games, like you're saying, he's like completely wide open. Yeah. And so, so for me, one of the, some of the best games that I think I watched like this year was um, I like I like the game that they had against the Titans. If you're looking for some good film on like how to stop Cooper Cup, and then early in the season, although it's not vindictive of like how they're playing now, like week four they played the Cardinals, and the key to the game to me was them stopping Cooper Cup on third down. And I think that's different if you talk about the Bengals in that same regard. Saying you want to stop like Jamar Chase on third down. I don't think it's the same task because of all these other guys around him. And the simple fact that you were just saying, like, OBJ, yes, I still respect him as a tremendous route runner, but what is the what is the vertical? Is he going to get behind Bates? Is he going to get vertical on me? Him getting a, a key third down probably two or three times in this game might might make me sick. But is he really going to get behind Ch uh, Bay Awuzie? Is he really going to get deep on, like, Eli Apple – with Bates and uh, and, and um, Bell behind him, and I'm I'm less worried about that. But I think like Cooper Cup, like you're saying, I just I think if 
it's on some Bill Belichick stuff. It's like yeah. I, I 100% know I need to double team Aaron Donald on every single uh every single rep. Don't ask Trey Hopkins to do above and beyond anything. Give him help every single play. I think they need to chip on different uh guys like every single one. I, what was that game where Uzama was chipping and then he was like leaking out? Niners. It, it happened. That was Niners. like my every single one. I would like to see them and do the that. Steelers. That was like two weeks in a row they did that. I feel like I'm jumping the gun a little bit. I think I think this is this is my this is my uh, theory a little bit. I think that they're going to come into this game and some of the things that we've been asking them to do, kind of like what you were saying is like, um, you never know with the Bengals. You know they they could be multiple in all these different ways. This might be a game that maybe Chris Chris Evans finally does line up in split backs, like with him and mix it. And then that we're now they don't know, am I going this way? Am I going, you know, like some of those different things. Are there some wrinkles or anything that you think that Callahan and the boys are just holding in their back pocket? Man, I'm, that, that's the fun part. You get two weeks for the biggest game ever. You don't leave nothing out. I mean, that's how we got the classics like the Philly special a couple of years ago, right? I mean, you you are ready to bust something out for this game and you hope. You know, because there's been a lot of times this year watching film where it's like, oh, Burrow took that sack. And you look back and you watch all 22, you go, oh, because the dude was running wide open down the field. He was trying to get another half second, get this ball off. Like that was the one they had schemed up all week that they were ready to unleash when they, when it came to it. And it didn't hit. Uh, so you hope they have the time or they have the, you know, it works out in, the, in their favor because I'm sure they got a few things. But the one for me is that I'd really love to see. And it's if they do the RPO game and they, they just open that up this, this week. And they really haven't done it too much. They do it like once a week where they're doing RPO. That was a big thing at LSU with Joe Burrow. Uh, and the reason I do that is because when I look at, uh, at, you know, Aaron Donald's the focus for a lot of this game because of the advantage he should have in this game. And, and I look, went back and look at his data because um, and that's a funny thing about, you know, people are like, Oh, you got the data on this and that. It's, a lot of this comes from watching them and then saying like, all right, let me go check, check and see if this backs this up. And he wins a lot. A lot of his pressures come on, and I went on PFF, on true pass sets, which means it's an obvious passing situation. They're just drop back passing and throwing the ball. Uh, 21% of his pressures uh, on, on drop back sets. 7% of his pressures when you're bringing in play action, screens, any kind of um, anything that give him any type of hesitation, right? Uh, and that's when the RPO game will come in there. So if you really want to cut his pressures into a third, you go look like the Niners games that he had to play, and they're doing play action. They're, they're moving guys all around. They're doing RPO stuff. They're doing a lot of misdirections just to take, make him take one false step and then rush the passer. I mean, that's a big thing for him. Uh, so if you can bring in the RPO game, which is a run pass option for people that don't know, you're going to give the quarterback the, the he's going to take the snap. He's going to read probably the linebacker or outside linebacker could be the safety. He's going to put the ball in the running backs uh, into his hip pocket. And if the if the if the linebacker moves or whatever the defender is reading moves, he can pull it out and hit him with the, hit that slant right behind him. And right. it just get, and if and if you don't like it, you can give it to the running back. If the if the linebacker gets depth and gets into the hole, you just give it to the running back and run there. So I think that's a good way to balance the game slow down the pass rush, still effectively use the running game because I think that's a conversation too, right? How does this team just not line up in heavy formation and just try to run it down their throat because that hasn't worked now in, few, in about a month, I feel like, uh, if not longer. So can you get the running game going out of different looks? And to me, that's getting them in shotgun, doing the RPO stuff and giving Burrow, putting the ball in the decision in Burrow's hands. Facts, facts. Uh, one thing that you kind of talked about is watching film. And obviously you watch Burrow – 
from last year to this year. Are there any like noticeable differences? Obviously, the deep ball is, is one that sticks out. But are there any other like uh, things that people may not be paying attention to that's been different from year one to year two with Joe Burrow? It's it's the basic stuff. It's the stuff I think everyone's seen. Obviously, the deep ball, that was the thing I talked about a lot as a rookie year. I mean, there was a one point he was like 0 for 12 on deep passes. And I'm like, they probably win a couple of these games if they just hit one or two of these. And then you would go back to his LSU days and they were so good at the deep ball. And Burrow was so good at it that I was like, it's going to change. Something's going to it's going to get back in order. Um, and then, you know, the injury happened. So you kind of were concerned about what type of progress he could make to get back there. But, but even before the injury, I thought he took some bad sacks or had some situations where defenses confused him a little bit on what he was looking at and that's normal for rookie stuff and that's why I think the narrative this year for like year two when he played that team that second time it was like he's carving them up he knows what they're doing and you're not confusing them no more and that that's such a big thing for a quarterback and the confidence of the rest of the team so like once you're not confusing him now he's not taking the sacks like he was now he can navigate the pocket a little bit better and as he got healthier with that knee his pocket presence just got to the point of I remember tweeting a few times like this is LSU, bro. This is the reason why we thought he could be that dude coming out of college. It's because that pocket presence is so crazy. And I think people misunderstand pocket presence as a whole because they're like, oh, how does he sack this many times he has good pocket presence? How did he get sacked nine times he, got, he has good pocket presence? That's not just avoiding sacks, which he's good at. It's navigating. It's follow, It's finding a little bit of area, uh, area to get the throw off. It's being able to throw off platform. Remember, Andy Dalton would get a guy right up to his knee. He'd have to lift that leg up and throw. That ball ain't coming anywhere close. It doesn't affect Joe Burrow. Burrow can go off one foot. He can be off no feet, and he can throw. He can throw it behind, uh, behind him, back across his body. It doesn't affect his accuracy or really his, his velocity. And that's a lot of, of pocket presence and pocket management, being able to throw from a muddy pocket. And that Burrow this year, and a lot of it's his health. But, man, he went from he, he's taking some bad sacks to, whoo, they can't touch him. Facts. Let me ask you this though, because all right, it, it's it's part it's kind of like a two part thing. Saying that me and Ace, we were talking on the phone last night. I I was I'm always hyping. I'm just talking bangles all day, and I and I bother the hell out of him. And his family probably like, why are you on the phone with this guy again? <laughs> <laughs> but last night we were having a conversation, and I was talking about how I thought the difference in the game might be Matt Stafford versus the pressure. I, I really would, I say this every year. I feel like if we had three leap. Uh, pass rushers. I, I don't even think this is like a really a real game, honestly. That's that's my opinion. But we don't. But I was saying uh, to him that the pressure for him is different than I think the pressure for for Joe. Do you see that as a matchup that the Bengals are going to feast on Stafford, or do you think that because there have been times when Hendrickson isn't effective, or Hendrickson doesn't get home, or Hendrickson might have a back spasm or something like that. And then there is no pressure. Is that a situation that you like for the Bengals or you think that is in the favor of the Rams? You know, it goes both ways because the Rams are a heavy play action team and it's hard to get pressure on play action if you're good at it. Like it seems like when the Bengals do it, they're getting sacked, right? It's for whatever reason, they're not as crisp as the Rams are. The Rams are like perfecting the play action, them and the Niners play action uh, concepts. So it usually get less pressure on those situations. And the Rams are going to do it, and that's when they're going to get their big plays and they're going to get their shots off. So you really got to stop the run, force them to a third and you know five-plus where it's an obvious passing situation. And, and then I do like Hendrickson versus Whitworth. Whitworth's our man, but you know he's getting older, and I like Hendrickson. When, when he blacks out, it's game over for whoever, whoever he's been playing against. It didn't matter. But there are times where it's like, all right, we need pressure. It ain't happening. Where, where's it coming from? 
it's going to have to, we're going to have to have some guys have their best game. Sam Hubbard, he's come through in the clutch plenty of times this year. You know, he's overachieved plenty of opportunities and we, we could use that again. We'd use BJ Hill having a moment. You're right though. Who's that fourth guy and who's it been? And who, you know, who are they going to put in there? Is, is Cam Sample healthy again? Even then, you know, you're not really excited about the prospect of it right now as a rookie entering his uh, final game of his rookie year. Still, point being, as you're right, Zim, I do wish they had one more pass rusher. I wish they had two more pass rushers, to be honest. You can, can never have enough. Sure. So getting Joseph Osai back, plus I'm down to take one in the first round. If they believe the defensive tackle or, or, or even an end were there, I'm down. Let's do it. Um, but yeah, we'll get to that. We got a whole. Uh, I was like, how, you, how you look at that stuff? <laughs> no, <laughs> you, you not even. Stuff yet? I a, all right. All right. I, I, was, I, can't, I, name, I can't name yeah. you five guys in this draft. I'm not ready for that. But we'll get there. Right, we'll get ready. It. Somebody sent me a mock draft sheet the other day, like with prospects and shit. I was like, what are you like? I, I'm not that crazy. Like, I, I know right. I love the I get upset when crazy, people bro. start sharing mock drafts and stuff because I'm like, man, yeah. we, we got this Super Bowl to worry about. Right. I remember, got no remember, idea. Remember, look, me and Ace had a stretch. I swear to goodness, we would come on here like four weeks straight and people in the comments were like talking about who we should draft. I'm like, bro, we're in the middle of a playoff. This is like when we're like tinkering with like, you know, like the playoff hunt. And I, I got over that, but that was a thing for a while. Like people were like talking about like who we should draft like immediately. Right. And I was like, what? We're like in so, the middle of this thing. I did before we go get too far off track, one point I did want to make is is Stafford's really good against the blitz, like Burrow is. You know, both like right. top ten guys. Burrow's tremendous. He's been the best this year at it. But Stafford's really good. He's seen everything at this point in his career, right? So you can't really blitz to get that manufactured pressure unless you pick it at the right times, as we've seen, you know, Anna Rumo has had a penchant for doing that in this postseason. So uh, they're going to have to walk that line of, can our front four get home against the play action? And can we bring a blitz at the right time? No, that's, that's it, definitely it, fast. Go is ahead. Stafford a, is Stafford a top 10 quarterback to you? Probably right on the edge, maybe top 12. If someone said top 12, I'd say, yeah, because then I want to argue those, those other guys. It's, it's quarterback play is really good right now in the NFL. I mean, we're happy to have a top guy, you know, there, and especially when he's on his game, you feel like you'll take him against anyone. Um, but Stafford, when he's on his game, he's got that arm. He, he's willing to throw off platform. He makes some crazy throws. There's a lot of throws that, that he did in Detroit that we never got to see as highlights and stuff that this dude was just crazy with it. Um, but I think the, the, the losing and the hits have taken a toll on him also. Like he, that, like you said, I think the reason he struggles with pressure is because that man has some PTSD going on when that pressure starts getting to him. And he's willing to just say, my arm is strong. I'm going to chuck this thing downfield and see what happens. If Jaquisi Tart picks that off in that last game, I don't know if you saw that. That was a punt yeah. to the middle of the field. Tart's just sitting there, bloop, right through his, I mean, that game's probably different. That probably does. We're not probably playing the Rams right now. So, right. Uh, you know, I, I look at that like he's going to give you two or three. And that's funny because it kind of feels like the Tannehill situation. I, Stafford's better than Tannehill, but like the Bengals went into that game. Like, all right, Joe, if you got to take a sack rather than forcing this ball somewhere, do it because we're going to win this turnover battle. Cause Tannehill's going to give us two or three opportunities in this game. So be cool with it. And I think they could probably say the same thing in this game. Like be cool, Joe, don't force it. If you got to take a sack. Fine. We'll, we'll kick a 55 yard field goal on a dome here. Stafford's going to give us two or three chances. We just got to capitalize. No, that's facts as well. Uh, so one thing that everybody has talked about, and rightfully so, is the matchup between Jalen Ramsey and Jamar Chase. Now, there are some people thinking that potentially they may put uh, Ramsey on T. Higgins. And listening to Greg Cosell, he talked about uh, the Rams not really having Ramsey really follow the number one mm -hmm. guys. What do you think is going to be the actual strategy for the Rams based off of like your film review and just your gut instincts on the game? 
you know, like what Zim said earlier about the Cooper Cup on third down, like, you know, you feel like they're going to Cup on third down. With the Bengals, it's more evened out, right? They could go to Higgins. They've done it a bunch of times. They, Boyd is a third down machine. And then if you leave Chase, obviously they're going to go that direction. So it's kind of like pick your poison on there because otherwise you'd probably game plan first with third down packages. Like, all right, they love going to Jamar Chase, let's say, and we're going to get Jalen Ramsey a man coverage on Jamar Chase and you build out from there. Uh, they – you really can't rely on that this time around because if you were to defend the Bengals, you'd say, if anything, it might be Tyler Boyd on third down. We got to watch that. But how do you really, you know, put Ramsey doesn't go in the slot, so you won't. You're not going to do that. Um, so you, you like Boyd's matchup no matter who it is this week. For me, I, when I look at it, you could with two weeks ago, like we said, teams are going to pull something out. I think you're going to see a little bit of both. You're going to see Ramsey play his side, and they're going to play a lot of cover three, and they're going to play off. They don't. They don't. They don't press at all. So you're going to get free releases and you're going to get a lot of underneath stuff. And, and Jace is going to have to be an athlete and do his thing, which that, that excites me. I think he'll do that. You know what I mean? So if he's covering Chase, you're still going to get your opportunities. And then hopefully Chase can burn by him on a couple. We'd, we'd love to see that. Uh, but I do think you'll see some moments where they're like, all right, because if you watch the mic'd up against the Chiefs, they were like, all right, we're doubling number one. You know, they're going to 85. So like they're telling their guys to jump on the, that first break. That ball's coming out, right? You know, if it's a slant and T hits that foot, you better jump on it. If it's a post and T hits that foot, you better jump on it. They don't got the time for double moves. They don't got the time for this and that. Like there's no tricks and T's still winning these balls over dudes. Right. So you need T to have that type of game, but I th- could see if I was game planning or if it was the Rams, you'd say, okay, we're going to switch it up a little bit here once in a while. We're going to let Ramsey play one-on-one with, with chase and we're going to double T Higgins on this. And we're going to hope that, you know, they're not going to be able to go to Higgins. They're not going to go to chase and whatever. But then I could also see where they were like, all right, Ramsey, you go over on Higgins. We're going to double Chase. Because I think Chase has had a couple games this year where it's like, you know, they're doubling them. They're paying all this attention. They're putting safeties directly over Chase. And Higgins just had to have games, right? And he did. Like so many times, he just he turned into Moss mode. He turned into young A.J. Green, and he was just having moments. Uh, it would be harder to do that against Ramsey. Ain't Ramsey's that dude, obviously, for a reason. But, like, that – so that, in my mind, has how you would balance that out. Is to say, okay, put Ramsey over there and then double Chase – then I think Boyd would eat and the Bengals would adjust on that. So it's going to be tough for the Rams to cover all three guys. And their their other corners are okay. But, like, we feel better about our depth at corner than, than they should, right? Because they've got two receivers to worry about. Van Jefferson is fine, but he's not – I ain't worried about him like that. You know, it, just like right. they're probably worried about Chase and Higgins before they're worried about Boyd. All, all understandable, right? Because right. those guys are going to beat you deep. Boyd isn't. So, you know, the situation is what it is. But – I feel like the Bengals can take advantage. That's advantage Bengals receiver versus corner, as it should be in almost any game they play. Right. Um, I think, you know, one thing we were talking about in the Twitter space is if you if you guys don't know, please follow Joe on Twitter. Please what, what, tell him what's your what's your Twitter name on uh on Twitter? It's Joe Goodberry, just how it sounds, but you know, right now it's, <laughs> it's Joe Goodber. So <laughs> I want to make sure because sometimes we go in shows and then I, and then I don't even ask people like, hey, like, what's your what's your Twitter handle? Right. So I wanted to make sure, like, for somebody that's been living on the rock that's never seen this guy, make sure you please follow him on Twitter. But we were talking on Twitter the other day, and we were on Spaces, and you brought up something I thought was very interesting, and that was bringing uh, Jamar Chase into the slot. Mm-hmm. And 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 I remember the Ravens game was one of the primary games where I think they did that, um, and it, and it had a lot of success in that. And then as the years gone on, we even interviewed Jamar's father last night, um, and we were he he was talking about like, yeah, I think that's a great idea to move him around or whatever. When you talk about their corners being average, I think the national pundits and all these other people just see Jalen Ramsey. 
when I go and look at and I watch games, the condensed versions of games, and I probably watched a couple full, I watched about four or five full games of the Rams this year, right? Every single game, even on Twitter, you could go look at all the Rams fans. They do not like their slot corner. Mm. And I just don't, and, I, and I, David Long, and I don't, and I don't feel like Ramsey, like you're saying, if they dare bring Ramsey to the slot, which they wouldn't do, you'd be taking away his strength on some Bill Belichick type stuff. Do you see that as like a, a like, like you were saying on the Twitter space? Do you see that as a Uno card that the Bengals could possibly pull? Like, and if right. they, and if they, and if they did, how much do you think you would see Jamar Chase in the slot? Yeah, full pun attended there. That's what the Uno card pulling that out. You know, putting Jamar Chase number one in the slot. Yeah, I. I think over the last month, it's funny because Chase said something about that after he was getting doubled so much. I remember he was like, yeah. well, they used to move me around a little bit more. They used to put me in the slot at LSU. And, you know, I, and, I, and the next thing you know, Ben was like, yeah, all right, we'll do that. And it's not, I'm sure they're building towards that anyway. It takes time. You know, right. those things don't happen in a flash. But you did start to see that. That Ram, that Ravens game, though, is a great example. T's just mossing guys downfield. Like the Ravens are like, we ain't letting no one beat us over the top. And they got beat over the top. But that's besides the point. They So they're, they're dropping everyone in the coverage. And they turned Chase into their hot guy. You know, the hot guy is say you got a blitz or you got a, you got you're blocking five and you got a free rusher, right? You need somebody that's just going to turn and be wide open and you're just going to dump him off the ball. And they turned Chase into that a lot. So Chase is just turn, turn around five yards, six yards, seven yards, catching this pass and going eighteen, going twenty, just across the field, look like the fastest guy in the field, jumping over dudes, walking out of bounds, getting hit, not getting not getting taken down. Yeah, like you just that was the game where you're like, man, he's faster, he's stronger, he's more elusive, he's more agile, he's got great vision. This is crazy. And they started getting them screens and stuff in the Chiefs game, same thing out of the slot. Same thing in the Chiefs game. Yeah. And it's like you that's and that one 70 yarder he has, he's in the slot there. He runs it out, yes. catches it, comes back, pew. And like, yes, that's how you get him away from your number one corner. That's how you mess up everything they're planning for on defense. And if they want to end up with Jalen Ramsey on Higgins there, if they want to want a Jalen Ramsey, you know, and on mixing because you're going empty right and you're putting the, the running back out wide there and they're playing zone coverage so they're not following and that's a that's an easy tell that's one thing about the Bengals going in empty a lot is they're going to go in empty and it'll be it'll be Higgins Chase and Boyd on the left and it'll be Uzama and Mixon on the right now if Jalen Ramsey is out to the right side it's zone you know this or else he would have followed so like that's an right. easy tell for this offense to say okay what are they playing all right, they got zone covers. We like all these guys over here on this left side. Like it's it's food at that point. You just you pick what you want to eat and go ahead. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Definitely. Um, Joe, one thing I wanted to ask you about is we were all kind of um hoping that you and your brother could do the good berry bowl, which would have been right. the Buffalo Bills <laughs> and the Bengals. Right. So what was the, what was that like? Because obviously that Chiefs and, and Bills game was crazy. What were like you and your brother like talking about when that was happening? Yeah, because we were talking about it leading up to that Titans-Bengals game, too, and he was over at the house. We're watching it together, and, you know, the kick goes through, and he's like, so much pressure now on the Bills to, to get this done so we can meet and have that happen. It don't happen. I mean, it, it happened in the late 80s, but it doesn't happen, you know. So uh, as that Chiefs-Bills game, obviously that was crazy, and we're sitting there, 13 seconds left. We didn't even, like, look at each other with that 13 seconds because we knew that's just still too much time for the Mahomes-Chiefs magic can go off. And when it happened, we're, you know, we lost our minds in a, in a, in a bad way, upset about it, because I would have been at that game. It would have been awesome. But right. uh, it's kind of funny, the narrative, too, because they had me on local radio here after the, the, the AFC championship game, you know, or and talk. No, it was before the AFC championship game and talking about, you know, that upco- upcoming game, talking about how Bill's fans really kind of feeling a little bit salty because they everyone was underestimating the Bengals. Like, man, we could have had the Bengals at home in the AFC championship game. Damn, what a what a missed opportunity, right? 
And I get it, but everyone's been underestimating the Bengals all year, right? And so now, even like I'm listening this week, I'm on my way to get the kids and listen to local radio, and they're like, you know, and they're still, I think they're even saltier now that the Bengals beat the Chiefs, and now the Bengals are in the Super Bowl, like, the Bills messed up, man. This is their year. They could have done it. They would have had the Bengals at home, and I'm thinking, have you guys not learned anything yet? Hey, what are, what's worse, losing to the Chiefs with 13 seconds left or letting the Bengals come to your house in the AFC Championship game and getting beat? Tell me which one would have felt worse because it was inevitable. It was, it was happening. This team is not wasn't getting stopped. This is a team of destiny right here. You know what I mean? And it seems like every few years we get this, whether it be like the Eagles that need a lot of crazy things to happen. Guess what? They happen. The Ravens a few years ago, they needed yes. a lot of crazy stuff to happen. It happens. This stuff happens. And it's not that crazy that it's just somehow that team is just the right mixture of whatever it takes and they do it. Man, I'm telling you, like, even I, you know, the one thing that I hated coming out of that game is everybody was like, Yeah, we just saw the AFC championship right. game. Yeah, like, that, that that got on my nerves. Yeah. So, bad. so I, I don't know, like, what your level of trash talking is with your brother, but I probably would have been like, Yeah, we, you guys got bailed out because we would have thrashed you like the next week, even though I like the Chiefs matchup better right. than the Bills. I just right. never, I never went out and said that. I just thought that up front. They offered more and more variety and different yeah. pressures that they could have brought. Um, I found out in that game too. I thought their secondary was like way slower than what I thought. Right. Then with Tre'Davious White is a totally different defense as well too. Yes, that's and, a number one guy. And so when they would show me all these stats and stuff, I'm like, I mean, how much of that? Like, what week did Tre'Davious White go out? Because you follow them like week all like, like eight or. Yeah, it was, it was, it was like week eight, nine, ten, somewhere like yeah. that. So I'm yeah. like, a lot of that, like, is early on. They were like super shut down, but that's another story. But I yeah. guess moving forward, like, um, in this game too. The other thing I was gonna ask you too about, like, what do you say to person to a person that says that, uh, the Bengals took nine sacks because that's the most that's the take that I hear all the time, right? What would you say to a person, I guess, that says that the Bengals got sacked nine times? Clearly. Aaron Donald, clearly Leonard Floyd, clearly Von Miller are going to wreck the Bengals' offensive line. Joe Burrow got sacked so many times this year. What would you say to that person? Like, like, is there anything that they're missing? I guess, or or, or would you say, yeah, I agree that that's a, a huge problem, and and the Rams are going to win solely because of that. Well, they're not going to win solely because of that, but that could happen. They, they could wreck the whole game. It's we, We're not denying that, but we've also seen this. They've run through the gamut all year of, man, they've faced probably all the best edge rushers in the league. Uh, they really haven't obviously faced an Aaron Donald because there is only one Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald may go down as the best defensive player of all time when it's all said and done. So we get it. We fully grasp how good he is. If you're a Rams fan listening, we are not underestimating the Hall of Famers of Donald and, and Vaughn Miller. We get it. We this we seen this offense get pressured and sacked all year. He's been pressured more than any quarterback. He's been sacked more than any quarterback. And they still put up crazy numbers. They're still putting up 35 points. It don't, you know, yes, it matters. But here's why people get the wrong idea, especially like the nine sacks. Nine sacks messed up everyone's brain a little bit on how the, how, you know, protection and, and sacks work. And the nine sacks, people are like, well, quarterbacks don't normally get up after that. I'm not even thinking about that aspect of it. It's not even the physical part. Like Joe kind of needs to get hit. And then he's all right. And then he like kind of like snaps in the in the in the game mode. But like it's not about getting up. Sacks, why sacks are terrible is because number one, if it's third down, it ends your drive more than likely. Number two, if it's gonna put you in the next down, is gonna be now third and long, second and long. 
normally that would kill offenses, a lot of offense. We watched Andy Dalton and all, do, all respect Andy Dalton. No, no respect Andy Dalton from Zim, but yeah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. I was, I was saying like, no, on those, th- on those long second and third. I mean, I mean, I think you do that. You run into the same problem on Sunday. You get yourself in a third and 15 with the Rams. Like shit, check it down. Give me right. a screen, punt, punt the ball. Right. Like, don't play defense show up. Yeah. But like, remember when Dalton, like, we talked about how pressure would affect them, but sacks, man, a sack or a holding call, you might as well punt it on the next down. You might, it's over. <laughs> you might as well get rid of the ball because he's not going to make something happen on a, on a, and have to fit a, a ball into a tight window, create off script where things start to break down on the defensive side and find a play. Joe will do that. So getting sacked on first, second down doesn't kill them. It doesn't stop them. It, it, it You live for another play. It's be- a sack and now for this offense, way it's built, what you got with Joe Burrow. A sack is way better than a, a turnover. Like before, a turnover or getting sacked and end up punting, whatever, field position, 20-yard difference. Now a sack versus a turnover, big difference because Bengals can score on any play. It don't matter. We saw third and 27. Like I, I think people forget that play in that Chiefs game because so many plays happen. Third and 27, they said, all right, shoot, 30 yards, let's go. I mean, the game, they won the game on that play, in my opinion. So, like, that's the thing people – like miss it's not about toughness it's not about peeling yourself off the turf it's about does that sack end your drive and unless it's on third down it does not with this team and that's the big difference like you're gonna get pressure you're gonna get sacked we know this uh yes donald could have one of those games where he just man he can't you can't block this dude like if people don't watch the rams and aaron donald if you haven't if you've been under a rock he's the most athletic strongest freakish dude ever on the inside what he does the numbers he puts up are like guys that normally play defensive end. Like defensive ends normally two to one in terms of pressures and sacks. Donald's matching those guys from the interior, which is crazy. So the Bengals have a task at hand. They got to block them. They got to put two guys on them constantly. And then still you might end up with Prince blocking Vaughn Miller, right? So you still are going to end up with issues. The Bengals got to have a good game. And Burrow's got to have one of the games where he wins despite the pressure. And he's done that a lot. Like it's not insurmountable like we've when people talk about it i think from other teams perspectives or other analysts they're talking about it like you know oh this this if you get pressure on tom brady ain't gonna go out yeah he's 45 years old he can't move out of it. he damn near retired from that game against the rams you know that might have that might have done him in he got sacked four times like that's it i can't do this but like it's because he can't navigate the pocket like that it's different when you look at a burrow because he can move around he can buy time he can get out of sacks we saw it on chris jones third and seven i mean the guy has him around the neck and then has them around the ankles. Neither one did it. First down, game's, game's going to keep going. And you basically may have won the game off that play. Right. No, facts. I, I truly appreciated this discussion with Joe, and that just speaks to the great mind that he is, and I'm glad that we have him at Houday Nation. Uh, before we get out of here, Joe, can you once again let people know where they can find your stuff? Obviously, you're big on Twitter, but is there any other stuff that you're into? Because you do, you do have some pretty cool, dope stuff that you do with action figures and stuff like that as well. Thank you. I appreciate all that. But yeah, the best spot is on Twitter at Joe Goodbury. The stuff I do on the other, you know, I end up getting Bengals fans following me on Instagram and stuff. And I'm like, I'm not really posting on there. It ain't, you know, I don't really do the football like that over there, but I appreciate it if they, if they come out and find me and Zim showing off the hat right there. I posted you early on Instagram and I added you and everything. So yeah, and I, was, I was like, oh no, that's it. Here, here they come. <laughs> I, was try- I was trying to find a way to hide out. So, because you know, you get to some of these football guys that are like, they don't like the nerd stuff. They get, they get a little offended by that. And I'm like, I'm trying to have my own space over there. Man, you know, you caught me on Twitter spaces. You know what I'd be like, 
if anybody probably watched my Twitter account or whatever, I'm in like nerd spaces all day, NFT classes, all types of like nerd stuff, like all day. Right. So like, contrary to belief, I de- I definitely tweet because I understand my role about the Bengals. But believe it or not, me, Ace, and Joe are actually into other things, and we have families, and, and we're right. we're actually like real people as well. So I think that's really <laughs> cool. But that the hat and stuff, are these still available? Man, no, they sell out so fast. You got an exclusive <laughs> joint right there. That's a, they they don't last, man. I got another run coming though, and I wish they would have got here before the Super Bowl because they would have been gone. But you know, the season say, we, we, you got to put a Lombardi right here on the side. I right know, here. right? If they win something, I got to come up with a unique design, something under the brim, maybe. Ooh, Facts. ooh, you I like that. that I like that yeah, Secret Wars in the background too. Joe. Oh, you know, so, yep. Yeah, yeah. Black yeah. suit Spider Man's my man, so. Yeah, but um, I, I really appreciate the conversation. I thought like, you know, like, you know, you coming into the Twitter spaces the other day. I thought that was really, really dope. So if y'all ever get a chance to go on Twitter, make sure you follow all of us on there because I might do one more maybe before the week. I thought the one I did was just too, too exhausting. I don't think I'll do another one, but maybe I might wake up and just get crazy one day. But for the most part, I just want people to understand that there are matchables that are favorable on both sides. Mm-hmm. And people like Joe Goodberry are real fans and real analysts and real people that actually pay attention to the sport of football. And I really trust his, his thoughts. And maybe you don't agree with everything, but at least he's giving you a full breakdown of what he sees. And and I think like more fans and more people that appreciate football should check your stuff out. Thank you. Yeah. Also, and also guys, please be sure to check out Midwest best barbecue in Loveland, Ohio, six, six, nine justice court. They got the Uno wings. Matter of fact, Jamar yes, Chase's sir. dad is supposed to be stopping by there today. So you never know. You might bump into him today, uh, but definitely support them and, and definitely uh, make sure that you subscribe to Zim Huda's YouTube channel, my YouTube channel at new strike and comment and comment for sure. Hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. And Zim, have you already announced the winners for the giveaway? Uh, the, no, the did, you, did you announce her? Did you announce her? I announced announce three winners for mine, but yes, sure that you tune in Yaz is supposed to announce ours. Yeah, Yaz is supposed to announce ours, the one I had earlier. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, later on today. Hey, Joe, are you going to California? No, I'm not. You oh, guys? yeah, yeah, you did You did say you're going to Super You got a Super Bowl party. I couldn't do that, bro. I'm telling uh, you. Like, they would hate me. The last time I watched football and people were in my house at the Bengals game, it was weird. Um, it was uh, when Joe hurt his leg, and Ooh. I kicked, and I and because I live in Washington, Washington, right, right. So yeah, and I kicked everybody out. Yeah, <laughs> like real, <laughs> like like you not like not like everybody y'all get out, but I just wasn't talking, so they was just like, all right, I'm just going ahead on out. You uh, you would have been the loudest dude in LA though, because I mean, I expect it to be a pretty uh you know, subdued crowd, a very corporate crowd, very Hollywood crowd. You'd have been you'd have been right, you'd have been fit right in, but you'd have been the loudest dude because I've seen you in a couple games now. Then we usually get that spider sense going. I connect. I see you over there. I'm gonna hold it down for you because I'm going. Me and Ace are going. Oh, I didn't know you're going. So what, you're not leaving yet. What's going on? I'm leaving on Saturday. Wow. Yeah, I'm leaving on Saturday too. I get there <laughs> Saturday, like Saturday morning. So in and out, man. Come on, now you're. I'm going. No, no, he's doing that. You gotta go, go. You gotta come. I'm going. I'm going Saturday. I'm going Saturday to Tuesday. I'm gonna like after the game. I'm going Saturday, Sunday night, uh, eleven o'clock Cali time. I'm leaving, so I'm going to watch the Super Bowl like three, and then like celebrating on the plane back. Hopefully, 
If you're coming back on Tuesdays, then like last year when the Bucks won, they had their parade on the Wednesday, on Wednesday. morning, right? I mean, right after. So like, kind of people are kind of forgetting about that a little bit. The the parade happens pretty quickly afterwards. I'm gonna try and shoot out for that if that happens. So just man, be ready. it just sucks though. That, like that that might happen because part of my vision, if you if anybody goes back on my tweets, I'm telling everybody I'm gonna be on the float. Float, all these different things. Man. I don't doubt it. <laughs> I, I said that. I said that. Like I said that all that all before the season. I said we're going to be on Main Street on a float. I see the vision of it, and it would suck if I wasn't on the actual float. So I'm gonna try everything. I'm gonna try my hardest to try to work something out. It's gonna yeah. to be tough though. I actually have to go back to work. They don't need yeah, you. Facts. Fact. You won't right. be no good anyways. How good would you be at work? I'll, you'd be too hype. You'd be out through the roof. Man, that Sunday night, I might just have the drunkest live space Twitter spaces the world has ever seen where I could actually just air out everything I've ever yeah. wanted to say. And then I'll just go off into the sunset and y'all might see me like a week later. Never again. Be gone. Nah, that's facts. But Joe, well, once again, appreciate your times. And was there something else that you want to say before we get out of here? I just want to say a yes. Sarsky. Hello, world. What separated your deep ball from everybody else? My deep ball, it has a little secret sauce to it, man. <laughs> I never get too high, never get too low, but just keep moving. The, the whole story is Carlos never beat me in any kind of sports in, in, in high school. 